Hello, and thanks for listening to PXP Podcast. It's a show about leadership, self-development, personal growth, and accountability. I'm your host, Jamie Yarrow. Now, you can catch our podcast on almost any platform or directly from our website at pxppodcast.com. To hear it hot off the press, check out our host on the Podbean app. If you have questions or want to hear a particular topic discussed or even want to be a guest on the show, connect with me on social and send me a message. Now, are you ready to kick off today's episode? All right, here we go. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Play by Play, or PXP, as we like to call it. I'm your host, Jamie Yarrow, and today we're diving into a topic that I guarantee you're not talking about enough. You see, as leaders, we often push ourselves to the limit to support our teams and to strive for success, both personally and professionally. But today, we're going to talk about the one person that you may be neglecting, and that's you. That's right. Today is all about why leaders, and that's you, need to practice self-care, self-prioritization, and even give themselves a little grace from time to time. So if you're that type of leader or an aspiring leader who's constantly on the go and you're making sacrifices and you're putting everyone else first, then this episode is a must-listen and a must-share for someone else who you know is that type of leader. So you ready? Let's dive in. Being a leader isn't just about making tough calls, although that is part of it. It's not about managing teams, although that's part of it. It's not about just driving results, although that's part of it. It's also about setting an example. And setting an example also includes how you treat yourself. The truth is that leaders who neglect their own well-being or their own self-care are setting themselves up for failure. Think about it. How can you inspire your team to perform at their best when you're running on empty? I've talked about this before from a self-development perspective that you can't pour out of an empty cup. You're not just compromising your own health. You're compromising the effectiveness that you have as a leader. And I'm not just talking about physically. I'm talking about mental health. I'm talking about emotional well-being. I'm even talking about spiritual peace, if that's your jam. So today I want to talk about some strategies. Some I want to identify what this even looks like, but talk about some strategies and, and give you some how-tos uh, and, and give you some boundaries, give you some just real talk, really. I just want to talk to you about, about you as a leader and taking care of you yourself. Okay. And if you are one that takes notes, I would go ahead and get your pen and paper out because I've jotted down a bunch of thoughts. Just, I have a whole list of just thoughts and I'm going to, you know, kind of randomly plunk through those and, and just talk about them. And so I think there's going to be some nuggets here that you may want to take down. So if you're a note taker, uh, I would go ahead and and get that ready because uh, we're going to be talking about some Um, some nuggets along the way, okay? When you hear the term self-care, let's be real. 
what is that? I mean, it's not bubble baths and it's not spa days, right? Even though that's what society would often want us to think about self-care as. But it's more than that. So as a leader, self-care is about, number one, setting boundaries. You don't have to be on duty 24-7. It's okay for you to set specific work hours and then stick to them, right? It's okay to turn off email notifications after hours. Now, I know that you might be in a role that requires you to be accessible, and I understand that. But generally speaking, for the vast majority of the people that are listening to this today, you might want yourself to believe, you talk yourself into it, you make yourself believe that you have to be accessible 24-7. But the truth of the matter is, there are times when you could turn it off and it would be just fine. And that's what I'm talking about is, is, is just taking those opportunities to give yourself some downtime. Your mental health is going to thank you for it. So set some boundaries. Number two, this was, oh my gosh, I can't even tell y'all. This is such a big one for me. Learn to say no. Those of you that know me personally, you are right now shouting at the top of your lungs. Yes, yes, yes. That is you. That is you, Jamie. Because I have an incredible hard time saying no. I get myself into all sorts of obligations because I just want to utilize the gifts that I have to benefit someone else, right? I just want to, I always, I'm always just wanting to give of what I have and and I'm talking about me, my, my time, my, my skills, uh, my talents, my skill sets. Th- that's where I'm talking about. You got to learn to say no, and here's the kicker, without feeling guilty. So if you're taking notes, write that down, underline it, highlight it, write it down again, put a box around it. Learn to say no without feeling guilty. Like I said before, you cannot pour from an empty cup, Okay know your limits and you have them you got to know your limits and then you have to honor them this is going to be a little bit of hard talk today it sounds like as as i'm starting to get into some of these points about self-care there's going to be a little bit of i'm looking in the mirror to some of this but for many of you you're just going to have to do some self-reflection and you're going to have to you know set some boundaries and that's what we're talking about so number one set boundaries number two learn to say no without feeling guilty Number three, regular check-ins. Oftentimes you check on everybody else, don't you? You go around and you check on everyone else. You, you see how they're doing and you, know, you make sure they have what they need and, and you, you do all these things for everyone else. But do you ever take time each week to check in on yourself? How are you doing? How are you feeling? What's draining you? On the flip side of that, what's energizing you? Sometimes we don't stop and we, take, and we don't take inventory of our own self and we don't recognize these things that may be draining us. Maybe it's a personal thing. Maybe it's something that's going on in your family or your home life. It has nothing to do with, with you as a leader, although it bleeds over into you being a leader. Because it draws from you. It takes away your energy. It takes away some of your personality. It creates an emotional hit that has an effect on your ability 
to be a fantastic leader. So check in on yourself. Just spend a little time each week or, or even each day and just do some self-inventory. Hey, wh- where's my stress coming from? Identify those things. Write them down. There's power in the pen. I'm not a big affirmations guy. I talk to people about this sometimes, and uh, I'm just not a big affirmations guy. I just don't, you know, I'm not one of those guys that looks in the mirror and says, you know, you are wonderful. You are great. You are going to have a great day. I've just never found that stuff to be effective. However, there is power in the pen. There's power in writing stuff down and just saying it, just getting it out, just verbalizing it. That's why people diary. That's why people journal and just saying these things. And, and maybe you just take some time and, to yourself and, it, you know, and you just verbalize these things you, 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 or you put them on paper. You know, you're just trying to get them out. You get them, you get them out of your brain and out onto paper or out into thin air. But you're saying these things. You're, you're getting them out. You're identifying them. And then you can address them, right? If there's something that's really draining you, you can address it. All right, that's number three was regular check-ins. Number four, time management. Look, you got to prioritize your tasks. And more importantly, you got to prioritize yourself too. If you need to use some tools to help you prioritize things, look at the Eisenhower Matrix. Just Google it. Um, I've done a podcast on it in the past, or at least a piece of one anyway. I keep saying I'm going to do another one, and I just haven't yet, but... The Eisenhower Matrix, if you Google it, there's tons of information out there. It's about how you prioritize what's urgent and what's important and what's not important. And, you know, it, it can be really beneficial to help you prioritize and, and determine, uh, you know, level of importance on stuff that's, that's on your plate that's maybe weighing you down. So think about ways to prioritize your tasks. Think about time management. All right, that's number four. Number five, don't miss out on the small joys, all right? Don't underestimate the power of the little things that bring you joy. And this is a big one, right? Just think about the things that maybe just bring you a little bit of joy, whether it's just a coffee run all by yourself. You know, there's something about just taking a break and and spending a few minutes by yourself just to decompress or just to talk to yourself. Maybe that's when you do that regular check-in, that time each week or each day to see how you are doing, to check in on yourself. But maybe it's just a, you know, a little coffee run or maybe it's reading a book or listening to a book in my case or even tuning into an episode of PXP right here. Maybe this is just something that you do that, that brings you a little bit of joy. I hope it does. These small joys, whatever yours might be, they can recharge you in really big ways. A while ago, I started taking evening walks. And I do that for a couple reasons. One, I just want to you know, get the benefits, the physical benefits of just walking. There are so many benefits of just going for a walk. You know, there's, there's something about maybe two or three 10-minute walks a day are like incredibly beneficial for your physical and mental health. Uh, but I'll go for a walk in the evening. And uh, I like it, you know, the sun's setting. And by the time I get done with my walk, it's dark. And I got a little uh, blinky light that I carry with me and I just walk around the neighborhood and it is my time to decompress. It is my time to just check in on me. It's, it's, it's that thing from number three that I just talked about. It's, it's my time to just see, you know, what is going on in my life? What is going on in, in, in my mind? What is, what can I, 
what is draining me? What is energizing me? Right? And so it brings me a little bit of joy to go for a walk and just recharge. It's my decompressed time, I'll call it. But these small joys, they can recharge you in a big way. Something small can have a big return. But we have to recognize it. We have to identify it. We have to acknowledge this this little small joy and not overlook it or take it for granted. Right? And that was number five. So so identify or just uh, don't underestimate the small joys. Identify the small joys, the small wins, if you will. And then lastly, the number six thing that I wrote down was know your personality type. And you might be saying like, what? My personality type? What, what, what are you even talking about? Well, I cannot stress this enough. Knowing your own personality type can literally unlock a lot of doors in your own self-care journey. Hang with me on this while I, while I kind of work through this with you. So are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? How do you respond to stress? How do you recharge? When you understand things like this, these, these elements about yourself, when you understand these things, you can really stop comparing your journey or yourself to that of others. In your self-care routine, listen, it has to be about you. My self-care routine won't work for you. Does that make sense? You know, your self-care routine wouldn't work for me because our routines have to be as unique as we are. There's a a bunch of assessments out there. You can do personality assessments. Things like Myers-Briggs, and you may have heard of some of these. Myers-Briggs, the DISC assessment, uh, Culture Index. There's the Enneagram. There's a bunch of them out there, but they can provide extremely valuable insights about you that you may not even really understand. And you may say, well, I don't even, I can't even imagine what you're talking about. I don't, I don't understand how I don't know me. And before I took personality exams or, or assessments, and I've, I've done a number of them now, but before I started doing them, I thought the same thing, like, what is this thing going to do? And I remember when I, when, before I first took my, my very first one, which was the Myers-Briggs, I remember thinking, this is dumb. This is going to be the absolute waste of my time because I already know me. There's, I'm not going to learn anything about me that I don't already know, right? It's just hocus pocus. But I want to share my story about when I took the Myers-Briggs because uh, it was life-changing for me. And I don't, I don't put that label on a lot of things. Uh, but, but the Myers-Briggs assessment was life-changing. So I took the Myers-Briggs assessment a while back, probably in 2010-ish, somewhere around there. And it turns out that I am what's called an INTJ. It, there's four letters that represent who you are, and they all stand for something different. But in the Myers-Briggs one, all, all of them are different. That's the thing is they're all different. And I would encourage you to do multiple because each one focuses on a little different thing, but they all help you understand yourself a little bit better. And they're going to let you give yourself a little bit of grace, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But, but I'm an INTJ. That stands for introverted, intuitive, thinking, and judging. And I'll break those down for you, but... It, the I stands for introverted. And if you're thinking to yourself, there is no way that you're introverted because uh, we're listening to your podcast and an introvert wouldn't record a podcast. And here's the thing. An introvert can function 
in a in a variety of environments. One of my most favorite things to do is public speaking. And if you listed the, the traits of an introvert, you that would not be on your list, I guarantee you. You would say, no, introverts are not about public speaking. But the thing is, it's not necessarily about the environment that I can or can't function well in. It comes down to how do I charge my batteries? And we'll talk about that a little bit more. So I'm an INTJ. That stands for introverted, intuitive, thinking, and judging. Okay. So the introverted part, that means that I need time alone to recharge. So after I do some sort of a speaking engagement or do a broadcast at a sporting event, I've got to recharge my batteries just by myself. And so oftentimes if I'm if I go travel to do some sort of a speaking event or a broadcast, then my ride home from that is kind of my recharge time. I'll throw on a um, audiobook or a podcast or maybe just listen to music or just silence and just listen to the hum of the road, you know, just some windshield time. But I need to recharge alone. Social settings, while I can function very well in them, can be draining for me, which is why self-care for me often means solitude. And that's something that is often misunderstood by friends and family because they sometimes get their feelings hurt if I don't want to spend time with anyone because I need to spend time alone recharging my batteries. And it's hard for people who are not introverts, or even if they are, but maybe they wear their feelings on their shoulders. It's hard for some people to wrap their head around that and to be okay with it. Uh, but, but understanding that, it, that, if you're an introvert, understanding that it's okay for you to want to be by yourself. See, here's the part that, that was mind-blowing to me when I did this Myers-Briggs. I always used to think that I was a jerk because I didn't want to be around people sometimes. I always used to think that, you know, I would, because I would just want to be by myself and I would think, man, you're a jerk. You don't, you know, you don't want to be around people. Like maybe we, you know, we'd been involved in some social settings, something like that. And then maybe the, you know, the, the engagement was to continue or whatever. And I'd be like, you know what? I just want to chill out. I, don't, I just want to be by myself. Maybe I want to go back to a hotel room and just chill out or, you know, just, just uh, be by myself. And I would think, why are you such a jerk, Jamie? And the truth is I wasn't being a jerk. I just needed to recharge. And that's how my batteries got recharged was, was spending time alone in solitude. And when I learned that about myself, it was amazing. It was like this revelation that, hey, I'm not a jerk. Well, maybe sometimes I am. And, and some of you that are listening to this would say, well, sometimes you are. But I'm talking about when I want to be by myself, you know, when I just need to recharge. So hugely beneficial for me. Just that one little piece to the puzzle. I'm an INTJ. That was just the I. And it was hugely beneficial to me. Okay, the next letter in that INTJ is N, but it actually stands for intuitive. So a lot of people think that it should be another word, but intuitive because it starts with an I. I don't know why they do it. But in the Myers-Briggs uh, assessment, N is actually intuitive. So I love the big picture and I love thinking about the future. I'm not just focused on what is happening now, but what could or should happen next. And that's the intuitive part. So I, I love big picture and, and, and thinking about the future. And the T in INTJ is thinking. 
So logic and reason are the things that guide my decisions. Sometimes this might make me seem detached or cold, but it helps me make unbiased choices. And so this thinking trait is what allows me to separate reality from emotion, from when I'm making a decision as a leader and there could potentially be some emotion that sways that decision, I'm very good at blocking out the emotion and making the decision based on logic and reasoning. That doesn't mean that I don't still have empathy or I don't still take feelings into consideration, but the point is that I I can separate myself from that and make a logical um, realistic decision. And that's the T part of INTJ. And then the last part, the J is judging. And that just means I like structure and I like order. And I prefer to have a plan in place rather than just leaving things to chance. So, you know, for instance, if I'm going to go on a trip, I really like to have a pretty good idea what we're going to do. I don't like to just say, you know what, we're going to go and we'll just see what happens. I'll, I'll do that. I can function that way. We'll talk about this in just a second. And this podcast is turning into a Myers-Briggs personality assessment of Jamie here. But I just want you to understand. I hope you're, you're getting the how important I feel like understanding yourself is when it comes to self-care. Understanding that I'm an INTJ has really helped me to sort of tailor my self-care routines. Had I not known that I needed to recharge my batteries with some solitude or with some alone time or, or just getting out of the social setting, I would be missing out on that huge piece of my self-care routine. Knowing that I'm an INTJ has given me a little bit of grace. It, it, it lets me be a little bit more compassionate towards myself when I don't fit into or want to be in, I guess, that extroverted kind of space. And why I need to have a little bit of structure that maybe makes me seem a little more rigid to others. That doesn't mean that I can't go with the flow or or that I dislike change. Those things are all fine to me, right? Knowing your personality type gives you a leg up in your self-care game. But also, listen, it gives you a leg up as a leader because you know how you tick, right? You know the things that make you turn. And just because I'm an INTJ and just because you're a whatever, fill in the blank, doesn't mean you can't function outside of that hardwired environment. I can function in a, in a very social environment just fine. But when that's over with, I got to go recharge. But as I said before, public speaking is one of my passions. In fact, I absolutely love sports broadcasting, either play-by-play broadcasting or PA announcing even though I'm introverted, there's something that is exhilarating about calling a game play-by-play or calling, you know, the starting lineup for a team on a PA announcer's role. In those settings, it's like the strategic and the analytical parts of my personality, they just come alive. And it's just another reason why knowing your personality type doesn't necessarily box you in. It opens up all these new avenues for you to understand how you can thrive in different scenarios. All right, folks, we've talked about the importance of self-care for leaders, and we even dove into some strategies for self-care and for taking care of yourself. 
So let's wrap this up with some key takeaways. So number one, prioritize your self-care. Put it on the calendar if you have to. I'm a big proponent for scheduling things out. If it's important to you and you don't want to miss it, put it on your calendar. If you're that type of person that lives off of a calendar, this is that important that it needs to be on there. Okay, prioritize your self-care. Number two, be present. Whether it's for your team or for your family, being present goes a long way. Number three, know yourself. Knowing or understanding your personality type, just like I just went through, like I am an INTJ on the Myers-Briggs assessment, that can offer you incredible insights into your unique self-care needs and ways that you can structure taking care of yourself or checking in on yourself or even just giving yourself some grace, giving yourself a little latitude, understanding who you are and why you tick. It's such an important thing. Number three, forgive yourself. I probably should have talked about this earlier and even probably in length, but forgive yourself. We all make mistakes, don't we? Don't let your mistakes define you. That's not who you are. We all make mistakes. Hey, roll with it. Learn from it. Mistakes are, you know, the world's greatest teachers. I think I mentioned that last week when we were talking in our podcast. But forgive yourself. Number four, don't compare. Okay, your journey is your own. Comparing yourself to others is not going to help you. It's not going to encourage you. It's not going to help you reach your goals. It's not going to do anything except discourage you. So don't compare yourself to, to anyone else, right? Your journey is your own. And number five, don't forget to celebrate those small joys, the small wins. Enjoy those things. All right, folks, that's about all the time I've got for today. Let me just end with this. Leadership starts with you, and you can't pour out of an empty cup. Take care of yourself so that you can take care of others. Well, thanks for listening today. Thanks for listening to this episode of PXP. If you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends. Share it with your five closest friends. Remember, we are a reflection of our five closest friends. You've heard that said before. So chances are, if you like it, they're going to like it too. And maybe there's somebody that you know that needs to hear this, that needs to hear, take care of yourself. Send it to them too. But most of all, I hope that something was said today that helps you to become a better version of yourself. I'm your host, Jamie Yarrow, and I hope you have an amazing day.